You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. And yes, I am your host, Rick Franzi. And boy, do we have a good show planned for you. Why do you ask? Because Gary Majetti is our guest. He is the general manager for Disney California Adventure Park West. Gary, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing, Rick? I'm doing well. Let's get started and take us back in time hmm. and help us to understand what the original inspiration or your motivation was to first begin to work with Disney. So this guy thought he knew exactly what he wanted to do when he was in high school. Okay. I was going to be the general manager of the Maui Marriott. So I was in, um, on a family vacation to Hawaii, um, when I was, a uh, in between, uh, eighth grade and high school. Mm-hmm. And I got my foot, my foot cut on coral. The first 20 minutes I was in the water, <laughs> which was an awesome for our family vacation. But I was so excited to get in the water because I grew up in Northern California and the water there is cold. Um, so this whole idea that there's, there's a place where the water is actually warm. I couldn't wait to get in. So we our, our parents were still unpacking at the condo we had um, rented for the vacation. And I've got a twin brother who's actually the executive chef in Disneyland Park, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I cut my foot on coral almost immediately getting in the, into the water. So my dad had to take me to the high Regency Maui in Kanapali um, because that's where the doctors on call were. And I had to go back a couple times during the visit um, for follow-ups. And I just loved the hotel environment so much. I'm like, I want to be a GM of a hotel. So I went to school at Northern Arizona University for hotel and restaurant management. Mm -hmm. Um, But while I was at school, I knew I needed to get a job because I was going to school out of state and um, I didn't have a car. I had a bike which is probably still tied up to Tinsley Hall um, right now. Um, And uh, so I worked at McDonald's from the very first weekend I was there. I was there for with McDonald's for the entire time I was in college. I got into management and went to Hamburger University, which is as cool as it sounds, Um, opened up a couple restaurants. So I had this kind of leadership experience. Well, while I was there, um, the Walt Disney Company came to recruit for their college program. And so I signed up. Um, I was told that uh, um, I was, um, uh, I started as an attractions host and that was in Walt Disney World, which was a little strange to me because I knew they had restaurants, they had hotels. So, but I'm gonna be a jungle cruise skipper. The answer is yes, <laughs> I know all the jokes. Um, if you've got 10 minutes to kill, I can walk you through them. Um, but I spent time learning world-class guest service from uh, the Walt Disney Company um, out in Walt Disney World. And then I actually came to Disneyland and did another internship with the college program, but I worked mm-hmm. in food and beverage as well. So after um, having those two kind of Disney experiences, I was fortunate enough that one month after graduating college, I started in entry-level management. And that was 13, 
jobs ago. Um, <laughs> 28 years ago. There you go. And uh, um, I've had that many roles in the time that I've been here. But this is actually the longest that I've held a gig. I've been okay. in this role um, in operations as a generalist executive uh, for about seven years. So take us a little bit back through those 13 positions from the being the skipper to now being the general manager. Fill in the blank. So I thought I was going to be like the food beverage guy because that was all that was the experience that I had. So I started in um, entry level management in quick service operations and then I moved into outdoor vending operations. But then I was tapped on the shoulder um, to do something a little different. It was called project management because we were building a new theme park called Disney California Adventure. Uh, and I said, I, I don't know if you know this, but I don't have any project management experience. <laughs> if I look at an architectural drawing, I don't even know which one of these things is a hand sink. Like, I, um, But my leader at the time said, hey, look, we're asking you to do this because we think you've got a talent for asking really good questions, synthesizing the responses to those questions, and then putting them into recommendations. So that's what I did. So um, I got a chance to um, uh, design the outdoor vending program for Disney California Adventure Park. And then I had to reap mm -hmm. what I sowed because I ended up being the manager, the opening um, uh, leader for that team. Uh -huh. and so I learned a few things from there. But again, I thought I was going to be the food and beverage guy, but I ended up learning that all of our skills are really transferable to other businesses. So. After opening California Adventure, I actually moved back into our support organizations and human resources in training and development. I spent time in security emergency services, retail and food and beverage support teams. I spent two years in Japan as the oh. director of food and beverage out there um, for uh, Walt Disney Attractions Japan uh, for the Tokyo Disney Resort. Um, and then I came back just in time to open California Adventure again in 2012 when we opened Buena Vista Street and Cars Land. I was in charge of retail and, and food and beverage for the theme park at that time. But then, so how, how do those positions, <clears throat> do you apply for those positions? Are you tapped on the shoulder? I mean, how did you get to Japan? Was that something that you had okay. desired? So that is the one role that I pointed to to say, I want that job. Okay. So I went out there in 2006 as we were standing up our first Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival, because the Tokyo Disney Sea um, theme park was actually already doing a food and wine festival called um, Disney a la carte. Um, so I spent a week in Japan. I'm like, this is so legit. I definitely <laughs> want to come out here. Um, so I spent, it took me five years, but I was able to get out there in 2010. And the other career advancements, were they, were they preordained or were they people looking out for you or you, I mean, how, yeah. how does that work in a large I think organization? Uh, again, I think it's about transferable skills. Okay. Right? So um, a lot of what we do, like, like I, I was telling my uh, retail team this today, like hundreds of thousands of books have been written on leadership, right? But it really comes down to one thing, hmm. demonstrate care, like create an environment where your, in our case, cast members, want to return and creating an environment where our guests want to return. It's actually that simple. You have to ask people what they need. And, you know, this place will run without me. It would like the turnstiles would turn, the coaster would coast, but like that's, we would do that. 
but so you have to think about like, what are you really bringing to the table? And it, to me, it's all about demonstrating care, asking what people need and then listening. So let's talk about your current role and your responsibilities as the general manager for Disney California Adventure Park West. So um, the, the theme park is divided into, let's call them three neighborhoods, okay. Central, East, and West. Central is Buena Vista Street and the Grizzly Peak California Adventure, as well as guest relations. So each of us have something that transcends the entire theme park so that we're always collaborating. Um, and then there's a general manager for California Metro Park East, and that is Avengers Campus, Cars Land, and the Hollywood Backlot, okay? as well as custodial for the whole theme park. Um, I have West, which is the Pixar Pier, Paradise Gardens Park, the brand new San Francisco Square, our central bakery here at the uh, resort, our park banquets team that has both theme parks, any events that we do off property or in the two theme parks, as well as outdoor vending and all of our festivals. So, you know, those are the types of things that transcend um, different uh, regions. How many people? It's about four, a little over 4,000 cast members. Okay. So has that been true with your as you've gotten different positions, you sort of get more people that you're responsible for too. Is that, cause well, that, that feels like a pretty big group of people to manage. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, the scope sometimes changes. Um, however, the approach does not. So, you know, currently my leadership team um, is composed of about 81 leaders um, with four of those 4,000 cast members. However, the responsibilities is, is, is about the same, like mm -hmm. the ability for us to, again, create a culture, um, that where customers want to be here and, um, guests want to return whatever your business is. That's really what you, your behavior doesn't change. Like it's, it's just how wide of an audience do you, um, uh, do you support? And most of my positions, if you think about it, you know, our frontline entry level leaders, which I started as, um, the, you know, you can move to a leader of leaders role. Mm -hmm. You can move to a leader of leader of leaders role. <laughs> and I've had in the 13 roles, most of my roles have been lateral moves. And I think that that's really important to understand because our careers are more of a web. They're not a ladder. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not just I need to get promoted from this position to this position to this position. It's, you know, if you can expand your responsibilities, if you can apply those transferable skills to a different responsibility area, then you don't need to be defined by your subject matter expertise. You're defined by your approach. And that is what people are looking for that sometimes just doesn't come across in a resume. So you've worked in Orlando, in Anaheim and in Tokyo. Correct. And is the Disney culture the same in all those locations? It's it's very site specific. Um, okay. So the Disneyland Resort culture um, is different than the Walt Disney World culture. And but Tokyo Disney, uh, the Tokyo Disney Resort is actually probably most similar to our Disneyland Resort site here because there are two theme parks, three resort hotels, a downtown Disney, you know, retail dining and entertainment area and kind of a monorail that connects all of them. So 
Um, in scale, the Tokyo Disney Resort is a little bit bigger from a real estate perspective, but um, a lot of the the food codes and city planning codes are actually very similar. So we have a lot in common. So last question about you, and then we'll talk about what happened during COVID. But how do people respond to you, Gary, when they find out that you're general manager, Disney, California Adventure Park, you know, West? I mean, I mean, I would imagine that that's a pretty cool thing to be. I don't know. You tell me. Look, is, is it awesome? The answer is yes. Okay. How do people respond? They want fun facts. Uh -huh. Really, people's like, <laughs> the moment that you tell somebody that you work for Disney, a few things happen. Like, people have an emotional and passionate right. response. And so because of that, really, they, they kind of want to know, like, give me the inside scoop. Is there a tunnel underneath Disneyland? Is there, you know, they want to know the things that they, they, that they, they either can't, um, that they haven't experienced yet or that they that they have an emotional connection to like my first time i came to to disneyland um i was four years old you know what i remember the fireworks were loud like <laughs> I remember, right and so but sure. the ability to walk through the theme park and know exactly where a lot of guests want to take pictures and for you to actually offer would you like to be in the picture too mm to one of the parents is I, yes. Like I haven't gotten any pictures with me in them like that. So, um, you, you can, you can make a difference and, and our, our guests and, and Disney fans just, they want to know the inside scoop. That's something we can do. Yeah. That's one of the unique aspects of your role and your employer is that so many people you meet have a personal relationship with, one of the properties and a movie, a character. It's just any, so, any so of rich. our experiences, any of our experiences. Like there's, and everybody has an opinion. Like if you ask me a question, I'll always have an opinion, even if I'm not a subject matter expert. Uh -huh. right? And it's the same thing with our guests. And it's the same thing with all of all the viewers, customers, like they have an opinion. And do you know what that is? Are you listening to that? Interesting. So let's let's talk about a challenge, a recent challenging time, which was when COVID happened and you had to respond. So from your perspective, take us through how that happened and maybe what how you dealt with the closure of the park. So I'll, I'll tell you this. So when I was in Japan um, in March of 2011, we had the Great East Japan earthquake. And so we closed Tokyo Disneyland for a month and Tokyo Disney Sea for six weeks. And I used to tell a story about standing in front of Cinderella Castle in Tokyo Disneyland at two o'clock in the afternoon with nobody there. Mm. How surreal that was. Like and you realize so intensely how important it is that people are populating these spaces. The story does not have as much punch as it did before we closed for COVID, where we were closed for over a year. And I was standing there um, waving goodbye to guests in March of 2020 um, on Buena Vista Street, thinking we might be closed for like three weeks. Then it was longer. Then we realized that our whole goal was to demonstrate to the world that we could reopen safely. What that meant was following a lot of rules. 
only so many guests can be in a certain space. Everybody has to be physically distanced. We had to wear masks. We have to not wear masks. We have to, you know, so you had all these rules. And so um, the challenge was after reopening to the world safely, and we did that in phases, now you have to retrain the culture to be values-based and not rules-based. Mm. A values-based organization is one in which you and I, Rick, we agree that we want guests to want to come back. So what would you do to ensure in your guest interaction that our guests want to return? You would put a little bit of yourself into the interaction that you have. You'd let them know the best place to watch the fireworks or a spectacular or what your favorite menu item is or the things that you can't miss. That's a little bit of you. That's values based versus hi, welcome to this restaurant. What can I get for you today? Mm -hmm. Because the rule is you have to have a two part greeting. Like we don't do that, but we still had to shift our thinking and that model and how we're actually talking to our, our guests so that we're, we're really bringing the, 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 the focus of the actual guest experience from value perspective versus a, you must not do this or you shall be punished. That is a rules-based organization. And that's only going to get you to a certain point. So I'm wondering, did any, what good from an operational perspective, an experience perspective, a, just a cultural perspective, anything that you can tell us that in the reopening and the operation now yeah. came from COVID that's positive? Yeah, it's interesting because when we first reopened, we had to implement a reservation system, right? Because we could only have mm -hmm. a certain number of guests in the park. And so we were limiting capacity. That hasn't gone away. So what we learned from that was that when you're planning ahead and you know exactly that you're coming at this time, that's a huge benefit to everyone. It takes a couple extra steps. And so there is some friction for guests who don't understand that they need to make a reservation and, and they can't just walk up to the turnstiles and buy a ticket every day. But the benefits are vast. The ability for our cast members to have consistent schedules, for guests to experience an open close strategy for retail attractions and food, food and beverage that is consistent. Imagine a business in which you know exactly how many people are going to be coming in every day. That is a huge stress, leave, uh, stress reliever. And it also provides a level of consistent guest experience for those who are enjoying our property. You're not gonna show up with and, and realize that it's, you know, it's so impacted. Mm -hmm. We're not closing streets around the Disneyland Resort anymore because we've got too much traffic. We're basically having a consistent experience every day. So Tuesday is the same as Saturday. January is the same as June. And I used to get asked all the time, like, what's the best time to come? Right. I used to say, oh, Wednesday in February. <laughs> right. I don't say that anymore. I say it doesn't matter. When you want to come, if there's a reservation available, that's when you should enjoy the resort. So those are some, that's one of the things that is, that has uh, come out of our pandemic response because it's just a better overall experience for our employees, our customers and our guests. 
So let's talk about tomorrow, the future. What's the vision? What do you see happening? What can you let us inside the crystal ball a little bit, Gary? Well, you know, right now we're working really closely with the Anaheim community uh, to uh, on a project called Disneyland Forward, which is uh, the ability for us to take the real estate that we currently have and ensure that we have the ability to have the appropriate use for that. Um, so that might mean um, having, because right now everything in the in the resort is zoned for specific use. But if we have the freedom to adjust the use, we're not asking for more real estate. We're basically saying, hey, if we've got these parking lots, it's zoned for parking. What if we were able to put retail, dining, and entertainment there? Um, what if we were able to connect um, uh, experiences with each of the theme parks? So there's other entrances. You know, maybe we could use some more hotel rooms. Like those, that is the the kind of long term thirty to forty year plan that we're working with the city to be able to achieve, and it's called Disneyland Forward. It's such an economic engine for Anaheim and Orange County. Indeed. Tourism is a big piece of our economy, and and Disneyland is a huge piece of that tourism beat business. So, yeah. and you know, we're, we're proud of the fact that. You know, for every million dollars that we, you know, provide in um, in support, like we can hire forty more police officers. We can mm -hmm. support, you know, the the Anaheim infrastructure. We want to be really partners, um, as we have been for decades um, in the the growth of the Anaheim Resort District. Um, and and I, I personally, I love volunteering at cast events, volunteers love that um where we're building parks for kids we're doing book donations from our disney publishing for the libraries it's it's very rewarding and it comes in a lot of different ways so if someone would like to connect with you gary learn more where do you say they go how do they find you etc uh, i am on the social media so if you'd like to connect with me on linkedin it's uh uh Gary, just search Gary Majetti, M-A-G-G-E-T-T-I. Um, I'd be happy to connect with you. And and it's interesting because I would speak, I'm also responsible for our college programs, mm -hmm. internships, the professional internships here at the, the West Coast site. And I used to stand up in, in our Team Disney building and talk to 200 students at a time and say, all right, so I'm at your service. So if you would like to connect with me, maybe spend a half an hour getting to know each other, getting some advice or me learning more about you, please reach out to me. And I find it that it was actually relatively rare. So I'll just, I'll, I'll say that to you, uh, Rick, um, all of you watching and listening, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can send me a carrier pigeon. You can send me a LinkedIn request. I'd be more than happy to get to know you better. So. Thank you. Okay, last question. I'm gonna let you go. <clears throat> of all the parks you've been to, the Disney properties, is there one favorite area that you have? <laughs> I've got three teenage boys. Well, my oldest is 20, but until he starts adulting, he's still a teenage boy. Um, so he's still in that in that category. So you're asking me about which is my favorite kid, all right? I, I will answer this way. Every property that we have is unique. 
very unique and there's a different feeling at all of them. And, but I'll say this, if I come to Disneyland with my family, we will never not go on Pirates of the Caribbean in Disneyland. <laughs> if we visit Walt Disney World, uh -huh. we will always go at least a day to Epcot Center. And we will always enjoy the Jungle Cruise. Well, of course, that's where it all started for you. Gary, thank you very much for your time today. Really have enjoyed it. I'd like to thank the audience. You've been a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. If uh, you're interested in telling your story and being a guest or an Orange County entrepreneur and executive, then reach out to us. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. That's my LinkedIn name. That's coincidentally our company's website, rickfranzi.com. Gary's episode now joins our catalog of over 1,400 guests. And until the next time we have a chance to be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction.